Hello, and welcome to the second episode of the Athletic Business Podcast. My name is Jason Scott. I'm Andy Berg. And today on the show, we're talking all things CrossFit games. Yeah. So uh, earlier this month, our little hamlet, our humble hamlet of Madison, Wisconsin, played host to the CrossFit Games for the third time. Uh, and it's really cool to uh, kind of see the, tritty, the city transform a little bit. It is. And, you know, what's really crazy is when your city is invaded by incredibly fit people everywhere. That's right, yeah. Uh, you know, like Madison's got a good reputation for being uh, a, a fit community. You know, a lot of people bike in town. A lot of people do this kind of outdoor recreation. We're surrounded by water, so um, it is kind of a fit city. But when the CrossFit Games are in town, it's a whole nother level. <laughs> it, re- it really is, yeah. Uh, it, you, I'm sure there are other other cities that get the uh, Ironman in. Um, it's like that times 10. Yeah, that's right, yeah. <laughs> Um, so getting a chance to actually check out the event, uh, as we did earlier this month, uh, is kind of a really cool thing for us, especially being a part of this industry. So later on in the show, we're going to be talking to Kevin Ogar. Uh, he's something of a celebrity in the CrossFit community. Uh, he's got an incredible story to tell. Um, but first, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with Kevin Ogar. AB Today is a daily e-newsletter that provides professionals within the athletics, fitness, and recreation industry with relevant, fast-reading nationwide stories. Sign up at athleticbusiness.com slash enews and enjoy great content from Athletic Business every weekday. All right, and we're back. Um, CrossFit Games, pretty pretty intense event here in Madison, Wisconsin That's earlier right, yeah. in the month. Um, uh, transforms a local venue into what they call the largest CrossFit box in the world. Yeah. Um, pretty, pretty neat event. Um, there is over... 200,000 square feet of exhibitors, all, all companies that uh, support the games and mm-hmm. support CrossFit, a 10,000-seat outdoor stadium where the competitions take place, and then a 20,000-square-foot beer garden, of course, because, you know... <laughs> it is Wisconsin, after all. Like, <laughs> and CrossFitters yeah. apparently like to drink beer. Apparently there's some uh, good fuel in there. It's carbo-loading. That's what I've heard. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then there's live demos, there's music, um, there's the entire Coliseum, which is where the, the finals take place, the televised finals. Um, so all uh, just a really first-class event. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so it was. Re- it's always really cool to get a chance to check that out. This was actually my first time at the event, but you you got a chance to go last year, Andy. What did you think? Yeah, it's. I, I went the first year uh, mm-hmm. as well as last year, and it's been really neat to see how they uh, evolved the event. Mm-hmm. One of the really cool things is they added a barge in the middle of uh, Lake Monona, mm-hmm. um, where you can they they have. Uh, ferries over to it, and then they they do yoga classes and fitness classes. Um, there's always music out there. It's a really neat sort of, especially uh, Madison being on an isthmus in between two lakes. It's a neat way to incorporate the lakes in kind of a, another way than just having the athletes swim in the lake. That's right. Yeah, it is kind of a cool thing, right? When you see um, when you kind of drive drive in into town, you have that fit barge kind of right there welcoming people yeah. in. So it is. Uh, a really cool thing, especially for that community. Yeah. Coming up is our interview with Kevin Ogar. Kevin is the owner of CrossFit Watchtower in Denver, Colorado, and a co-founder with the Reveille Project. And I was able to catch up with Kevin just off the show floor at the CrossFit Games. So I know a little bit about you. Yeah. Um, 
but I want to talk about your interest in weightlifting and fitness. How'd you guys or just kind of get started with that? Um, um, I started in like weightlifting, strength training around 12 or 13 years old, mm-hmm. uh, going into like high school, getting stronger for sports, and ended up um, definitely falling in love with the whole aspect of actually training. Mm-hmm. Um, probably as much, if not more, than the actual sports themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, we started there, got into powerlifting, um, did that for years, found CrossFit in 2007, and then uh, kind of ran with it, you know, mm-hmm. competed in it, and just been part of everything I do since then. Yeah. All right. And uh, so you went to Mizzou, is that right? I did. Yeah. For many years, more than I should have. <laughs> that tends to be the thing down there. Yeah. Um, did you play rugby, is that right? I did. I played rugby for multiple years for uh, the University of Missouri. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of transitioned into a, a coaching role, right? Um, I, I, we really, we were a club team, so we really didn't have anyone handling our like physical fitness. Mm-hmm. So I kind of uh, filled in the gap and put on workouts for the team when we mm-hmm. could, wrote, wrote a little programming for people who wanted to get a little stronger. and. Um, did all that stuff while I played for him. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's awesome. That strength and conditioning role. So you you've kind of been drawn to that aspect of it. For yeah, a- yeah. I mean, I started coaching and training people when I was 18, 19, 20 years old. Um, oddly enough, because I had just k- gotten kicked out of a zoo for the first time. Um, <laughs> so I started training people, and just it's, it's been been my passion ever since. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to uh, talk about the accident. Yeah, can you just kind of walk us through what happened? Um, yeah, I was in uh, Orange County, California for an event called the OC Throwdown. It was a fitness event, uh, four or five days. Mm-hmm. Last day of the event was a, uh, one of the events was like a three-rep max hang snatch, mm-hmm. followed by a back squat, followed by like a clean and jerk, um, which should have been my event because the strength portion of all of it was kind of my specialty specifically. Yeah. You're a snatch. strong guy, I can tell. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so the snatch was my jam. It was my specialty. There's not many people in the CrossFit world that were out snatching me at that point in time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was wholeheartedly expecting to win that event, uh, went out to the platform, uh, went for my first attempt, uh, that, which was um, really light for me overall. Like it wasn't, wasn't anything that was heavy, um, in fact, because uh, no one had snatched more than that. And I was just going to try to go out there, snatch as little as I could, and then wait, save some energy for the later events. Sure. Um, but when I caught it, it felt off, it felt too far back. I didn't think I was going to be able to stand up with it without injuring myself. And so I um, decided just to bail backwards, which is pretty standard for Olympic weightlifting, um, where you bail backwards, jump forwards. Um, but due to the angle of the platform, which had a, a little bit of a grade upwards, mm-hmm. I couldn't get out of the way of the barbell. Um, it hit my left shoulder, uh, ricocheted off me, and I would have been fine. Um, but they had stacked some bumper plates behind me, so like high-density rubber plates. Mm-hmm. Uh, directly behind me that shouldn't have been there and uh, because they did that my bar ricocheted off that right into my back um, severing my my spinal cord at t- between t11 and t12 that must have been such a shock very shocking yeah, yeah. Um, whole body went into it yeah was right, shock um, right. pretty pretty painful but you know it's survived right guess I'm pretty hard to kill <laughs> uh, just moved on with it from there mm-hmm. but uh, the response kind of in the aftermath yeah, it was um, huge. Yeah, and and your CrossFit community really kind of rallied around you. Can you yeah. talk about what, uh, what was um, that like? When I got hurt, I didn't have insurance. Uh, long story short, I'd ended up canceling my insurance for a month, and mm. uh, literally, I made the statement right before I went for California. Went to California, I'm like, what's going to happen in a month that I need right. insurance for? Um, all I had paid a bunch of money to try to save one of my dogs, and didn't mm-hmm. end up working. But I couldn't afford both saving my dog and insurance, so I chose the dog. Um, and um, so when I got hurt, I had a whole bunch of medical bills 
a whole bunch of problems. Um, looking forward to those. And luckily enough, uh, Barbells for Boobs, which is a nonprofit that deals with uh, breast cancer detection and mm-hmm. resources after uh, uh, diagnosis. Uh, shut down operations did this huge push for fundraising and uh, I think when I woke up three days three or four days later for my first for my first two sets of surgeries um, there was over three hundred thousand dollars raised by the CrossFit community worldwide like yeah. uh, donations coming in from like Germany Japan South America all these things mm-hmm. and so it was it was um, incredible like uh, the CrossFit community is like no other by far that's right yeah that, I was just gonna say I mean it seems like that is um, the community aspect of this particular type of training is like what really makes it unique i mean that, that's the magic of it like the, the movements are great but they've been around forever the the programmings the things like this happen all the time like hit orange day that's cool i guess um it, it's actually the community aspect that crossfit promotes and, and builds that i think is the truly powerful thing like i mean if you talk to half the people who are walking around here yeah it's cool to watch matt fraser and everything go throw down and and win things and whatnot but they're i mean they're here to experience the community like right i I doubt you would talk to anyone here that's like that wouldn't tell you that they're here to experience the community Mm -hmm. Mm because that's the best part yeah absolutely and so what was it like to kind of be on the receiving end of so much support uh it it was hard for me man i'm I'm not one to really like help or Mm -hmm. um want to put people out so it was it was a little little rough for me at first. I was very appreciative, right. but it also, uh, which was probably good for me, made me feel like I owed the community something. Mm-hmm. Like I needed to give back to them in some way because they had done so much for me at the onset of this that um, I really didn't give myself the choice to do anything but kind of work hard to give back to the people who had given to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess it was a good thing. Uh, just very daunting at first. Right. Yeah, I can imagine that would be kind of a tough. I mean, on top of everything else. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, since then. Yeah, kind of. Uh, I, I, you've remained involved uh, Very, yeah. in, in, in CrossFit. Kind of. Can you just walk us through what, what it was like, kind of getting back into the community? Oh man, that was that was what I was hoping for. I started sneaking out of the hospital a couple weeks after injury <laughs> to go back to my gym and work out with my friends. Mm-hmm. And so that, it's always something I was going to go back to. Like, and I, I truly believe it is the best best training methodology out mm-hmm. there. Um, if I didn't, I wouldn't work for them or work with them on the adaptive side or the level one side. I think it's this is what's really going to change people's life from like sick and dying to like healthy and happy mm-hmm. um and so it was a no-brainer to go back but it was good to get back into it and um and it was really cool to see the adaptive side of the community grow because it was there it was already there i didn't i didn't mm-hmm. create anything um i didn't even really do most of the legwork for this stuff it was someone else mm-hmm. uh, a couple few other people already doing these things but um, uh, I think the publicity and the, how public my entry was kind of um, brought brought a spotlight to what other people are already right. doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so getting back into the community and see the CrossFit community accept the adaptive side of this 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 movement um, was cool. Mm-hmm. Like there's they're not accepted anywhere else in any other fitness like regiment, period. Right, and not not in the way we do. Like there, yeah, there is like uh, stable powerlifting. There is uh, Paralympic sports. It's all these things, but they're all segregated they're all separated right it's not the same thing it's putting putting these adaptive athletes in their own little bubble and taking them outside of the community or outside of the real world mm-hmm. um what i'm really proud that cross of crossfit for doing is that it said like absolutely not like we're not going to have this specialty division of crossfit for adaptive athletes they're they're adapt they're mm-hmm. crossfit athletes they just have to adapt things right and so with the course and with everything we've really been able to kind of uh reintroduce these adaptive athletes into the real world with able-bodied individuals where they're getting comfortable with adaptive athletes adaptive athletes are getting comfortable being around able-bodied athletes and it's just like 
they realize that they're just humans and we're right. all working out together. And right. I think CrossFit was the first and, to my knowledge, the only fitness uh, program that's done that for, for the adaptive community. Sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to learn more about uh, exactly what your role is with the adaptive training part of the CrossFit community. Uh, I helped write the course a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so most of it was written by a guy named Alex Erkenbach, so he's the lead. Um, there's another lady, uh, Mo, Mo McGurk, or mm-hmm. Marissa is her full name. Um, she was a big one to help write it. Um, I came in kind of on the back end when they had a lot of the structure already done and, and wrote uh, a lot of the seated um, or the, uh, uh, the seated seated section. And then we brought in two other guys, uh, Chris Stoutenberg and Alex Zirk, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Logan Aldridge. Um, we just kind of came together and with our, our uh, knowledge base and the way we've been training people for uh, each of us over a decade, just allowed us to build this course where we're teaching people how to adapt for whatever kind of walks into your gym Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and and by that you mean it's not just people who are dealing with physical disabilities or things like that it's like also injuries things like that so like like if you're recovering from a rotator cuff say so what we always say is that there's there's the the practices used to uh, scale and adapt a workout Mm-hmm. Um, are the same. The big important part is why you're doing it. So mm-hmm. if you have a temporary impairment like a, a knee surgery or a broken ankle or a broken wrist, we would do or use the same practices and principles that we would use for someone who has like an amputation above the knee or an amputation above the hand or a congenital mm-hmm. um, birth defect. Like we're going to use the same practices. Why we do it is different, but you can apply it to everyone. Mm-hmm. No, no one needs to leave the gym or stop moving or start stop making themselves better simply because they twisted an ankle or sure. hurt their hand or tweaked their back. Like there's, there's ways to get them moving. It actually is beneficial for those individuals for recovery's sake um, to keep going. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and how important in your mind is it for gym owners to kind of wrap their heads around this concept of adaptive training? Um, I think if they don't, they are missing out on one of the largest aspects of CrossFit. Mm-hmm. CrossFit, um, like we talked about, is all about community. It's about being inclusive. It's infinitely scalable, infinitely adaptable. And if they're ignoring the adaptive side of it, they're ignoring an entire population of people who are probably more needing and deserving of the help within a CrossFit gym than anyone else that comes to them. Sure. I think it's, uh, I mean, everyone can do what they want to. I'm not here to tell people they have to do this, that, or the other. Mm-hmm. But I personally think if you're not... Um, you open to the idea of serving the adaptive community, you're, you're kind of stupid as a gym owner. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a great population to work with. You will, you will see a change not only in yourself as a coach, but you'll see a change in the community that you already have for mm-hmm. the better mm-hmm. just by bringing in this population. Right. So I want to uh, ask you a little bit about um, your, your gym that you own in Denver, mm-hmm. yeah. Watchtower. Yeah. Uh, tell us just a little bit about that. So I ran a gym for someone else for like five or six years, mm-hmm. um, coached a ton, and that gym unfortunately shut down. Mm-hmm. And so um, I didn't. I had spent five or six years building up this community. I didn't want to lose it. Uh, they, these were my athletes, and so I uh, was afforded the opportunity through CrossFit to open my own gym, and so That's I did. Awesome. Yeah. Um, CrossFit Watchtower, named mm-hmm. after comic books. Uh, <laughs> the Watchtower in DC Universe is the home base for the Justice League. It's where everyone goes and trains, and uh, so it was just kind of a... Uh, good name. Also, we, I run a nonprofit for veterans, and mm-hmm. we house it out of there, the Reveille Project. And so the, uh, we've got other co-founders, a Marine, and he liked the name a lot because the Watchtower is like the first line of descent defense. Like, we're looking out for people. We're watching over those mm-hmm. around us. And um, so it just kind of worked both ways. It was a great name. And so we started that. Now we have um, 
almost four years later, um, a great community of everyone from able-bodied athletes to every every handicapped, disability, adaptive need you could possibly think of, um, all working out in the same classes mm-hmm. together. We don't have separate classes. It's one, awesome. commu- one community, one class. That's what we kind of chime in at. And um, we have everything from veterans who are getting out of the service who need help with PTSD or any kind of mood disorder, mm-hmm. uh, as well as like paraplegics, quadriplegics. TVIs, people with cerebral palsy, like all, all in one class and co-mingling. It's, it's mm-hmm. a really cool atmosphere. That's awesome. Uh, we jokingly call it the, the gym for misfit toys. <laughs> that's great. Mm-hmm. That, that's, uh, that's awesome. Um, so just a couple more quick questions for yeah. you. Um, I do want to ask you about the DC thing for, for a, a second. But first, let's, um, let's go talk about the Reveille Project. Yeah. Uh, tell us a little bit about that and what, you, what, what your project is there. The Reveille Project is something that me and uh, my best friend Ryan started working on in 2009-2010. Um, he is a Marine, um, and when he got out for the first like year and a half to two years, he just wasn't doing well. Um, a lot of mood disorders, a lot of physical uh, problems. He was um, His transport was blown up twice. Um, and so he was not doing well. He happened to come into my gym and through like fitness, nutrition, kind of being around that community and some faith-based stuff. Um, kind of flipped his life around. Now he's a great dad, married, about to have his third kid, doing wow. a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he came to me one day and he's like, I just want, I want more people to experience this. I want more veterans who are struggling to know that there's some place they can go and like, turn themselves back into a human being. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we kind of use this as like a stepping stone. The guys who are struggling to, to get back into civilian life, it's a great way to kind of step back into fitness, nutrition, take care of themselves, and in that, uh, build themselves back up. Mm-hmm. Uh, we offer a one-year scholarship for all veterans who have any kind of mood disorder or physical disability. Uh, and that scholarship pays for a year's membership at a CrossFit gym. Uh, we pay for monthly nutritional counseling. Uh, they have access to four physical therapy sessions in a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they have access to, uh, uh, we started working with FaithRx, mm-hmm. uh, which is a faith-based uh, nonprofit within CrossFit. So we'll, we'll, we'll start paying for them to go to their camps or go to their functions so they can kind of jump into the faith side of things mm-hmm. uh, through our program, which helps out a ton. Just, uh, again, engaging that community for, yeah. for good. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so you, you said uh, the Watchtower comes from the DC universe. Yeah. How is it that you prefer DC to Marvel? <laughs> so here's what i got to say. I prefer DC Comics, Marvel movies. Okay. Important distinction. Important caveat, distinction. yes. I think Marvel Comics have trash storylines. <laughs> But great, they make great movies. Whereas like, yeah. DC has the best storylines um, and the best characters, mm-hmm. and just make trash movies. <laughs> All right, so. well, uh, that, that's it. That's it. that's everything. Thank you, Kevin yeah. Elgar. Thank you. Really appreciate it. All right. And we're back. Amazing interview with Kevin. Um, what an inspiring story. Yeah, uh, he's a fascinating guy. Obviously, just uh, that kind of spirit to kind of come back from something like that, not let it get him down, and uh, stay involved in something that he's really passionate about. I mean, it's, what a story. I mean, uh, he's a, an incredible person, and I was uh, glad to know him. Yeah. Um, some Someone was mentioning to me, you know, there's this whole debate that CrossFit is like a cult. Mm-hmm. Um Actually, is one of our one of our uh, colleagues who said, you know, but that wasn't her experience. She was just saying that um, it's actually just an amazing community, and I think Kevin's 
you know, his his story really emphasizes that, how that they kind of came together and supported him. That's right. Uh, and beyond just the support um, that he received after his injury, uh, it's really interesting just how much he's kind of plugged into that ethos. You know, he brings that to his gym uh, at Watchtower. Uh, he brings that to the adaptive training model that he does. What I really uh, loved about that uh is just the fact that there are no barriers, you know, like if you are coming in with a, whether it's a physical disability, temporary impairment, injury, um, you're a member of the CrossFit community and they're not going to set you aside in some special place. You're not going to have to um, do anything differently than any other athlete other than just modifying the movements a little bit, which is um, such a cool thing to be able to bring them into the community and it, it benefits not just the uh, adaptive athletes, it benefits the community as a whole. Yeah, and interesting comment or message for, for gym owners that, you know, they're missing out on a huge population if they're not including uh, those adaptive uh, fitness junkies, mm-hmm. just like anybody else. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, the other thing that uh, was really cool was learning a little bit more about the Reveille Project. Yeah. Um, that the work that they're doing with veterans and connecting them to community uh, around something that they're passionate about, uh, what a way to kind of uh, reintegrate people back into civilian life. I mean, I I think that's incredible. Yeah, absolutely. Really great story. Um, I'm glad he was able to share it with us. Yeah. Uh, Thanks very much to Kevin for joining us today on the show. Uh, We're going to take one more break, but we'll be back in just a sec. Athletic Business Magazine is a trade publication that 40,000 athletics, fitness, and recreation professionals rely on to find the tips, trends, and products they need to be successful. Want to join? Head on over to athleticbusiness.com slash subscribe to get started or renew your free subscription. All right, so that's our show for today. Jason, I have some interesting facts for you. Shoot. Uh, Shoot. For the CrossFit Games. Uh, they shipped in 45 tractor trailers of gear, including 50,000 pounds of barbells, <laughs> 150,000 pounds of bumper plates, and 300,000 pounds of rig components. That's so uh, amazing. Yeah. You know, I have an interesting fact for you. All right. Uh, the number of volunteers that they had and just how well-trained they are. I mean, you watch these people as they're kind of setting up the, the weights following these different heats or whatever. They are like a military regiment out there it is bananas yeah yeah um last one total purse this year 2.8 million across a number of athletes so it's not like uh what was the the esports tournament the Fortnite tournament yeah (laughs) (laughs) all right so a couple of things coming up the september issue should be in mailboxes within the next week and a half Really excited about that one, and we are also looking forward to our October issue, which is the Facilities of Merit issue. Right. So long-time readers are familiar with that program, but we're also looking forward to telling you guys about it as well. And then, I mean, we're ramping up towards AB Show in November. Yeah, hopefully you guys uh, can join us out in Orlando this November. We're really looking forward to the show. It's obviously a highlight of our calendar uh, if you do happen to make it out there, please come find us and let us know what you think of the show, the magazine, everything. And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or your uh, podcast platform of choice. 
That's right. Or And don't forget to sign up for our email newsletter or subscribe to the magazine. Uh, it's a great way to kind of stay informed on everything uh, in the athletics, fitness, and recreation industries. Yep. So until next time, take it easy.